time to have some good old country church. What y'all say?
I remember growing up in church and the church had a certain sound. I think we should take it back to the old time way. Come on, y'all, let's sing it.
believe the Lord is getting ready to work a miracle for somebody tonight. And you got to be like the Shulamite woman. You don't, you don't have to wait till you see the blessing. You declare it out of your own mouth. You say, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Long as I know I got to see it in the kingdom. That's all right.
that's a parking spot. Y'all ain't got to sit me on the stage. God in all of them. Yeah, I feel God in together seven verses but they're going to be uh, poignant for where we're going today Revelation chapter 2 verses 1 through 7 when you found the signify by saying Jesus come on let's read together unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not. I found them to be liars. And has borne and has patience for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and I will remove thy candlestick out of its place except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. 
I want to talk from the subject on this morning, refocus, refocus, refocus. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, whatever you do in this season, please get your focus back. You can have your seat. As you all know, uh, we are living in some strange times. This, in my opinion, is the strangest season that the church, or better yet, not the church, forget the church, the world at large has been in. Death is everywhere, not just in America, it's all over the world. Uh, a bird with a plague has plagued the whole world. <laughs> Only God could do something like that. Uh, it brought us to our knees, brought us to a confused place. Everybody's confused. The president was confused. The psychiatrist was confused. The preacher was confused. Many prophets were confused. It was what I would call a strange, weird season. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't know what was getting ready to happen. We, we didn't know what was next. I don't know about you, but such a strange season. I was scared to even get on Facebook because it looked like every time I got on and as I looked down my timeline, I was seeing another picture of someone who had gone on. And it just brought a broken heart. It brought you to a place to say, God, what are you doing? And I don't know about you, but for me, it caused me to have to look again, caused me to have to refocus or realign my vision. That's what focus is. The word re is, is, is a repetitive action. It is to do again. And, and for some, re means to do again and again and again and again. The word focus is to consecrate, to concentrate, to put one's energy in one direction. Uh, let me say that again. It is to put one's energy in, ah, come on, in one direction. Uh, so when we say refocus, it is to put one's energy over and over and over and over again in one direction. And that, my brothers and sisters, is my encouragement of this message today. It is to concentrate more on God again. It is to focus on God again. It is to align ourselves on what matters most. This suggests, my brothers and sisters, that something I used to do, I'm not doing. It suggests the focus I used to have, I no longer have. And my brothers and sisters, in this world, we are living in today. It is easy to stumble in success and lose focus on what matters most. Uh, it's easy to have the nice car and the nice home. It's easy to have the, the big name. It's easy uh, uh, to walk into fame and fortune and to forget what got you there. We, we love to forget how we got here. We love to forget what it took 
to get us where we are. And my brothers and sisters, I believe, amen, that we have become selfish in believing uh, what matters most in us. Uh, my brothers and sisters, uh, please let me refresh you and tell you what matters most in this season is not your car. It is not your money. It is not your stimulus check. It is not the size of your church. It is not the job you work at. It is not the friends that you have. What matters most in this season is our relationship with God. I think the church needs a refresher course. We need to be reminded that the only thing that's going to keep us in this season, it is not your praise team. It is not your musicians. It is not your board. It is not how much your offering was. What's going to keep us in this season is our relationship with God. Lord, I don't know if you know Bishop Larry Trotter, but I can hear him in my ear right now. And I hear him saying, if I lose everything and still have Jesus, I've got enough, good God here, to start all over again. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but help me preach. Keep your distance, put your mask on, and look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you keep Jesus where he belongs, I tell him everything in your life will align in the proper place that it needs to be in. If you get back to the place of understanding that nothing else matters but God. Mm. Hallelujah. Let me help you. Nothing else matters but God. And God is putting us in a place where people are waking up to realize that nothing else really matters but God. What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose it? So nothing else matters but God and as we delve into this apocalypse which is called the book of revelation it is called the book of revelations because it is the book where God revealed the time of end it is also the book where God kind of revealed the fullness of himself to us I, I like how the book of revelations opened up in revelations chapter one it opens up giving us the understanding of a man by the name of John who is sent out uh, uh, to the island of Patmos and as he's there he is sent to die this is a martyr's death they have sent him to die and he's on a small island by himself with a body of water surrounding him he's alone no one is there he thinks he's alone he thinks no one is there and out of nowhere the bible says from behind him he hears a voice speak to him when he hears the voice he says the voice has the sound of the many waters he says it is a deep voice that I hear talking to me and he says when I turn around to see who's talking to me he says I seen a man whose hair was like lamb's wool and it was white ah, good God I wish I had time his hair was like lamb's wool it was like lamb's wool and it was white which suggests his hair was nappy and it was white he said his face shine like the sun he says he had on a long white robe and when I saw him he says I fell as a dead 
dead man. And when I fell as a dead man, he says, I fell down at his feet and his feet were the color of burnt bronze. Good God, nappy hair, burnt bronze feet. That's another sermon for another time. And he says, I fell as a dead man. And when I fell as a dead man, he began to tell me, he began to say unto me, he says, listen, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to write to the seven churches in Asia Minor. Good God here. He says, as you begin to write to them, I need them to understand uh, that they have to get some things in order. I like how he talks about man of God, uh, the seven churches in Asia Minor, which represent these seven candlesticks. And on these seven candlesticks, he says there's a light burning uh, uh, at the top of the seven candlesticks. And watch this. He says that I'm walking amongst the seven candlesticks, which means the seven candlesticks that he sees are not like we would imagine in our mind. They're not small candlesticks, but we would see these candlesticks the size of a man because he says, I'm walking amongst them. He says, I'm walking in between them. He says, and I'm getting ready to write and speak to the light. Good God here. I'm getting ready to speak to the light that's on the seven candlesticks. The, the light, 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 the light. My brothers and sisters, uh, he says to the angel of the church, uh, which is the light on the candlesticks, which means my brothers and sisters, uh, if you're a candlestick with no light, it means you have no angel. If you're a candlestick with no light, it means you have no messenger. If you're a candlestick with no light, it means you have no revelation, which means every candlestick that has a light has a messenger. Every candlestick that has a light has revelation. Every candlestick that has a light has illumination. The Bible says that when Moses died, the light in Israel went out, which suggests my brothers and sisters that the light in your house uh, is the leader in your house uh, the light in your house uh, is the prophet in your house uh, I don't care how prophet you may I don't care how prophetic you may think you are uh, the house prophet uh, is the pastor that's the messenger he says John when I speak to my people I'm not speaking to the prophet per se he says but when I speak to the people I'm speaking to the angel of the house uh, I'm speaking to the light of the house I'm speaking to the illumination of the house and he says right and tell the just tell him I am hallelujah the first and the last I'm alpha and omega I am hallelujah glory to God I am he that liveth and was dead and he said and behold I live forevermore and he says I want you to write uh, to the church in Ephesus uh, my brothers and sisters when he begins to talk to us uh, about the time of 
in and, and he begins to reveal to us uh, uh, what's going on he begins to write to these seven churches to reveal the dysfunctions of the church and the first church he writes to is that grand old church of Ephesus Ephesus was one of the largest most impressive cities in the ancient world it was a political religious and commercial center in Asia Minor associated amen with the ministries of Paul and Timothy and the apostle John the city played a significant role in the spread of Christianity Ephesus and its inhabitants are mentioned more than 20 times in the New Testament the ancient city of Ephesus is located in the western Asian minor at the mouth of the Keshta River which is, a, which is an important seaport it is situated between the Meander River to the south and the Hermes River to the north Ephesus had excellent access to both river valleys that allowed it to flourish as a commercial center Ephesus was like New York it was like the city of Chicago it was big city it, it had it going on it had all the high fashion it had all the aloof people it had all types of people there you know big cities don't just have one type of people it has all types of people all, all types of different kind of people came to Ephesus Ephesus had it going on if you wanted to have a good time you went to Ephesus if you wanted to get the fashion at a discount you went to Ephesus if you wanted to know what the new Louboutins look like you went to Ephesus if you wanted to see the new Prada shoes you, you went to Ephesus it, it was big city it was big market it was big in politics it, it was also big in religion Ephesus had all types of belief systems uh, everything you wanted to know about different religious belief systems uh, were in Ephesus Scientology if you allow me to bring it up to modern terms it had all the Muslims it, it had all of the Jeho Jehovah's Witnesses it, it had the Muslims there Ephesus uh, was a seaport it was a valley full of mixed up stuff it, uh, it was a great city and he says with all of its greatness he says Ephesus had one problem they had fallen out of love with Jesus Christ uh, my brothers and sisters uh, let me help you here and tell you uh, that it's hard to be ministry minded without being master focused uh, let me give it to you again it's hard uh, to be ministry minded uh, without being master focused and what Ephesus had uh, was a great church if you would read the text the text would show us uh, that the church was great uh, but the focus was off the church had it going on but the focus was in another place let me help you here today and tell you that it's hard to administer deliverance where there is no devotion my brothers and sisters they did well preaching conviction but they had lost their commitment the church of Ephesus was good about pointing the finger at others they could see the speck in the eye of others but could not see the beam hanging out of their own eyes they seemed to be a self-righteous spiritual wonder they had made the greatest mistake anyone could ever make hallelujah in their life their hands were connected to the work while their heart was disconnected 
the source. Who am I preaching to in here today? The great church had fallen out of love with Christ. I, I don't know who I'm preaching to and I would that you would help me preach and look at your neighbor with your mask on, with your six feet a distance and ask them say neighbor is your hand connected to the work while your heart is disconnected from the source are you doing ministry without a focus on the master are you working for a God you don't talk to are you lifting up your hands to a God you don't worship at home you know how to dance with your feet but your real heart is far from who God is and the problem with the church is we've mastered church but we haven't mastered relationship yeah, my brothers and sisters they were great preachers with poor worship they were great preachers and great men and women of God and great musicians and great singers and great ushers and great intercessors hallelujah with poor prayer lives and poor praise lives hallelujah you come to church like the church needs you that's why I believe that the Lord had to shut some of these churches down because we didn't got it twisted you think because you're so gifted that the church need you you think that because you can sing play and preach that the church needs you oh but some of us need a wake-up call and God needs to remind you I always got a ram in the bush have you forgotten who I am you've lost focus you have made yourself puffed up you've made yourself greater than me and the problem in the church is we have high podiums. Oh, but God is not on the throne in his house. Oh, but I come back and tell somebody, focus, refocus, 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 refocus. Who am I preaching to here? When you, when you no longer are in love with Christ, your focus and attention is no longer on him. But now the only thing you see is others. This is dangerous because you pick up demonic behavior and call it godly. You become like Satan and you become an accuser of the brethren. And then you become like the other side of Satan, like Lucifer, where you tell yourself, I am the most beautiful thing in this whole house. My brothers and sisters, the power, amen, of being effective in church is that you got to see yourself before you see others my brothers and sisters you better watch those folks who always have something to say about others but never can see what's going on with themselves the most powerful thing about salvation is that Christ was able to love us before we were able to love him so if Christ was able to love us before we were able Able to love him surely we ought to fall in love with him so we can love others before they love us ah, y'all don't like me here ah, because in church ah, glory they got all these
these fights and all this foolishness and all this competition and all of this great stuff we have going on in church part of the reason I believe is here is because we have a people who haven't fallen in love with God the reason we don't tithe the reason we don't serve the reason we don't do the things we're supposed to do is because we haven't fallen in love with God but my brothers and sisters I come back to tell you that we need to awaken out of our slumber and before God opens the door of the church and have us return to the altar that's in the tabernacle we need to build an altar in our living room we need to build altars in our bedroom we need to build altars in our home where it's no longer about what we do here but we can lay prostrate in our face in our house and say it's me it's me oh lord standing in the need of prayer it ain't my mother it ain't my father oh, but it's me lord, i feel preach coming on me now i need somebody to lift your hands and to holler it's me it's me now see about me forget about my neighbor see about me Out, uh, as if you were more uh, 
hallelujah than what you really were you got a front row seat and stop speaking to people on your way to the seat I let you sit in the pulpit and you got in the stage and you stop worshiping me you stop praising me you stop magnifying me I anointed your gift I let you sit on the organ and the drums and I let you play until breakthrough came in the building oh but while they were worshiping you were staring he says I bless you oh I feel God here I shifted your life I used you for my glory but you forgot where my glory came from you have fallen you have fallen you have fallen you have become self-righteous and indignant you have fallen you have forgotten that in him I live in him I move in him I have my being you have forgotten that the oil flows from the mountain you have forgotten that the glory is in your devotion but oh church
repent. He says repent. Somebody on a Saturday morning who believes in repentance. The word repentance, it doesn't mean to apologize. But the word repentance means to turn and go in another direction. If you don't mind, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Do me a favor, favor, favor. And look at your name. And tell the neighbor, turn back to God. You're kind of unsuitable.
Ha <laughs> ha!
get you some space and tell this space go ahead get you some space and tell your space say this space you better praise them woman of God say this space is a I'm returning back to God's space whatever you do if you a runner run in that space if you a leaper leap in that space if you a dancer dance in that space but do something do something when I holler Jesus I want you to go for broke you ready Josh, 
Don't lose your focus, man. You're too anointed. God's hand is on your life, and you already know that. I don't have to tell you. But you've walked away from so much that the Lord has called you to. Peter, Peter, Satan designed to sift you as wheat. But the Lord said, I prayed for you. Not that your gift keep working. But I pray that your faith fail you not. Hey. <laughs> it's all right. Come on. Come on. <laughs> oh. Come on. Come on. Tell him yes. Layers of pain, layers of disappointment. He desires a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I wish I had a praying church. Won't you pray with me? With me, won't you? Come on, come on. Yes, sir. There it is. Come on. Yes, sir. Come on. There it is. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Come on, that is. Come on, that is. <laughs> yeah, that is. Come on. This sh- ha! That is. How? That is. is gone. Give him your heart. Come on. I challenge you. Please. Please. 
Don't let the dance make us miss the message. Refocus. That's where the Lord is calling the body. I know you're anointed and I know you're gifted and I know you do things so well. But Paul says, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't want to be used and then I myself become a castaway. I regain my focus for the Lord. Lift those hands. Lift them high. That is, that is, that is. That's it, Pastor. This is your house. Let them use. That is. While your hands is lifted, say, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you. Tell them, tell them, tell them, I want more of you. Then tell them something you haven't told them in a long time and meant it. Lift your hands and tell them, Lord, I love you.
Look at somebody and say, neighbor. God will not and cannot fail. All right. Cool. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, that heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words shall not pass. Anybody believe that no matter what happens, God will not fail. Come on, company, let's take the facts. God won't fail.
lie, neither the son of man, that he should repent. If he spoke it, it shall come. If he said it, can we take it?